Hey, everybody, the Raheel Show podcast is brought to you by Alamo Remedy CBD. Look, there's a lot of CBD companies out there, but Alamo Remedy is for Texans by Texans and built in Texas. But don't get it wrong. They ship everywhere. So if you're listing somewhere else, you can get Alamo Remedy CBD products. And now why Alamo Remedy? Well, your wellness shouldn't break the bank. And that's why they price all of their products at just $17.99 plus you're going to save 10% off with promo code UNICORN. So everybody, you can now afford them. You can get into the CBD game and try out CBD products. I've endorsed other CBD companies before and I always told my friends like, hey, just wait for a promo code because this is way too expensive and now you can try out CBD and get a high quality product that is, by the way, third party lab tested so it's THC free. They have zero toxins, zero animal testing, zero contaminants, and zero BS in their products. It is a great product. I love the CBD gummies. They also have a lotion that is cucumber melon scented. They've got capsules. So if you want the perfect dosage, you can take a capsule. And they have the tincture, which is one of the classic ways to do it. You put a drop underneath your tongue, let it sit there for 30 seconds, and you get the benefits of CBD. Look, I just get, I feel better. I get ready for my workout. I feel like I'm ready for my workout. So I love CBD products. I love the CBD gummies. Try them out. It's only $17.99. AlamoRemedy.com. Alamo, R-E-M-E-D-Y.com. Use promo code UNICORN and get 10% off all products plus free shipping on orders over $49. AlamoRemedy.com. For Texans, by Texans. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the Raheel Show bonus podcast here on a Sunday. We had Nate Boyer on. Yes, that Nate Boyer, the one that told Colin Kaepernick to take a knee instead of sitting on the bench. We talked about everything that's going on, recap the week, and just some of the experiences that he's gone through. And then we were joined by former Houston Texan and current Denver Bronco, Christian Covington. We talked about superhero movies. We talked about the past week as well, what the protests meant, and his advice to everybody. It was a great conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it, and please... Please share this episode with your friends and family. Here it is, Nate Boyer, Christian Covington, and David Nuno. Well, hey, everybody. It's been a week since we've all gotten together. David Nuno, Raheel Ramzanali, and uh, Raheel, we're going to have to just get into this one because we've got an amazing guest to talk with us. We've got a, a big show with Christian Covington joining us at 1.30, but we're going to start things off with Nate Boyer, the ex-Green Beret, and obviously he's running right now, Merging Vets, uh, and, and I'm very excited to talk to you, Nate. You've been all over the place recently. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, uh, good to talk to you guys, too. I, I'm, I haven't really been all over the place physically in the same place. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think uh, it's been it's been crazy. It's been a crazy week for everybody, man. And uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of tough stuff to see and experience, but a lot of growth and uh, a lot of really interesting stuff. And our country's in a really interesting uh, place right now. And and I think we're gonna keep seeing things move forward. And people listening that weren't listening before, and and minds continue to open. And uh, patriotism being displayed in, in different ways. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of a lot of what's going on right now, to be honest. Nate, uh, I, I want to start things off because I, I think in the last week, we've seen kind of different changing narratives out there and the way people are, are, are reacting and seeing. Are you kind of optimistic the, the way the last week has gone for this country? I feel like the, the, 
the, the veil's been lifted for a lot of Americans. They're starting to see things with a little bit more empathetic view. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think when they see how many people, uh, uh, you know, f- feel differently about this subject, but the, the fact that we can that we can still communicate and have conversations and, uh, um, you know, do things in a respectful manner uh, and just listen to one another. I mean, this is something uh, a lot of people have been preaching. I'm, I myself have been trying to preach for the last four years is just listening. It doesn't mean you have to agree. It doesn't mean you have to even fully be able to relate, but we've got to empathize, you know, in the, in the fact that just because someone has a different opinion and feeling about something, it doesn't mean they're just automatic than I do. That doesn't mean they're just automatically wrong or they're evil or they're trying to destroy the country or whatever the hell the narrative is. It's like, uh, it's kind of insane. And I feel like we, we know better. I mean, we should know better. Um, but it, I mean, it's a golden rule that we were taught in kindergarten, you know, and yeah. uh, we're just we're not following it, and and it, for the most part, it's frustrating. But I think I think more and more. I mean, seeing seeing leadership uh, from around the country, you know, whether it's the sports world or the, you know the military world, um, you know, these high ranking officers uh, that maybe you'd consider and probably have some pretty um, con- conservative backgrounds, uh, supporting that freedom of speech and at least like listening, having conversations, and saying, all right, if this is done peacefully and it's going to make things better in our nation. It's going to improve policing. It's going to bring us together. Uh, why would we not be for this? And, and that's what, you know, four years ago, uh, you did the same thing in terms of putting your emotions aside for a second, listening, and then actually getting that bridge of conversation going with Colin Kaepernick. Can you just recap that for people? Because I feel like even though it has been brought again, brought up again that, you know, here's the reason why he's kneeling. Here's why he decided to kneel. It, it all stemmed from you listening and then also putting your emotions aside because at first you weren't you weren't down with what he was doing, right? Well, I mean, yeah, and I'm still not like I don't want people to not stand up when the anthem's played. I mean, that's I don't want I don't want that. You know, I love I love this country and that song and uh, the flag. They're very special to me. They have special meaning to me because of my time in the military. Um, and how I do feel like it's a, you know, it, it can be a uniting moment. Uh, but at the same time, like, uh, and, and when I first saw it with, with Colin, when I first saw him sitting on the bench, it just, it just hurt me more than anything because I love this place. I want everyone to feel like they count, like they matter, like they do have that true equality and, and, and the same opportunity that I have. Um, and I want them to feel the pride that I feel when the anthem's played. You know, we, we've talked a lot about that with Drew Brees this last week. Um, but when you watch that video, something that's important to, to, to also recognize is like those feelings that he has when the anthem is played, um, that, that swell of emotion and, uh, you know, and, and sometimes moving to tears, I feel the exact same thing, you know what I mean? But it doesn't mean that everybody does. And it doesn't mean they're, um, they're wrong if they don't. Um, so I'm going to fight, <clears throat> I'm going to fight for and try to, uh, help our country get to a place where everybody feels that way and there's it's never going to be perfect there's never going to be a situation where all 350 million americans agree and feel the same way about something that's just impossible we have to like get past that right but we can all uh put our differences aside and work together uh, for a uh for a better country for a better uh, uh you know union whatever you want to call it more perfect union i mean this is uh this is something that's that's been embedded in our history for a very long time 
and uh, it's just it's it's conversations, man, and it's 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 uh, supporting those that you don't necessarily agree with. We do a great job of it in the military. I mean, we don't always like each other. There's plenty of people out there in the military community right now that are mfing me so bad, you know. And it's just like, hey, I get it. It's their right, I, and and I understand they don't agree with the way I handle things, and they don't think, uh, you know, that maybe I'm the right guy for the to be speaking out on stuff. And that's fine. You know, I don't speak for the military community though. I don't speak for the veteran community. I don't speak for the special forces. I speak for myself. And, uh, and I think just the fact that I'm more than speaking, but that, that I'm willing to listen and acknowledge and, uh, and recognize and try to be a part of, of positive conversation and change. Um, at least for me, that, that makes me feel like I'm moving in the right direction. Nate, were you surprised from Roger Goodell this week and how he's kind of, done the 180 and I, and I feel like most of the league um and I don't know if you got to see Bill O'Brien's comments earlier this week but he had some powerful message for for his team and and America as well. They feel like the NFL's taken a a bigger step here in the last few days. Yeah, I don't know if it's a 180 um because I don't think they were like necessarily against uh this movement. It's just it's it's complicated and nuanced in the sense of like you know, this is, there's a lot of bureaucracy involved. You know what I mean? When you look at it, especially from the NFL standpoint, with all the sponsorships and 32 different teams and, you know, and all this stuff going on and, and, you know, something that needs to, to change, something that's, um, something that's been the way that it has been for since the beginning of the league is like, you know, all, all ownership, all the owners are white, all of them, you know, and, uh, that, that, that's, that's the first place in, in, uh, NFL diversity that needs to adjust because there's, I don't know what the numbers are, but I'm assuming there's a majority of African-American players in the league or at least close to, uh, close to that. Yet, you know, all ownership is, is still white and organizationally it's changing. There's more diversity. There's always obviously like a big push, um, to get more coaches, more people in management that are of color. Um, but we still don't have that in ownership. So like, it's just, it takes time for these things to happen, you know? And, and I think, and I, I know Roger Goodell, he's a great dude and he supports a lot of incredible causes and supports the veteran, veteran community. And he does a lot. And, uh, he, you know, he tries, his job is not that easy. It's not simple and he's not perfect. You know what I mean? I don't agree with everything that he's ever said and done. Um, but you know, I think that when they've seen as well, just this, the, the groundswell, um, that has occurred over the last, 10 days, you know what I mean? Or whatever you want to call it, whatever it's been. Um, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy. The amount of people supporting this movement, the amount of people that are out in the streets. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't think being locked up for a couple of months, uh, uh, helped the situation, you know, I mean, people are going nuts, uh, stuck inside their house. And this was an opportunity to not only uh, be a part of something big and be a part of a movement, but, you know, get the hell outside. So, uh, anyway, uh, I, I, th I think all those things have affected this. Um, and you know, it's, it's good. It's good that they're listening and I'm not going to fault them that it's cause it's taken a bit of a bit of time. And, uh, but I don't think they were all like against, you know, black lives matter or anything like that before this, it was just, it's tough to, to show that vocal support when it's such a polarizing issue and you're running a, uh, you know, a big organization such as the NFL. Uh, so in 2016, when it happens, was it frustrating for you in terms of – you told Colin what to do in terms of, hey, look, this is coming from a place of respect. If you're going to do it, then the message gets uh, – it just gets it, – it, it was so – it was hijacked almost in terms of 
it started blending into, well, hey, he's against the military because he's not standing for the anthem. But then you hear Colin talk about it, and he's saying, look, I'm doing this because of police brutality. Was it frustrating watching from the outside in that the message was being lost back then? And then, again, as we mentioned this week, it was as well. But now, you know, people are taking the time to dig a little bit deeper and understand why this is happening. Was it frustrating at the time, though? Yeah, it's still frustrating, man. I mean, we live in a bite-sized world. It's like everything is 10 seconds, you know, and we look at an image and read a headline and we just make a decision about the whole issue and we don't read and we don't know. And there's still plenty, millions and millions of people that think I like reached out to Colin and told him to protest or something. You know what I mean? Like they just have it so twisted. That's just the world we live in right now though. And it sucks, man. Um, but I think more people are listening. More people are actually uh, doing some research and reading um, and not just being so freaking reactive and emotional to an image you know i mean it's just and that's that goes for everybody that goes it's mostly people on the fringes it's mostly the people on the far right and far left that i've experienced because it's like does this does this image or does this headline support my narrative or not and if it does i'll share it everywhere without reading the article and and, and say look at this you know this green beret supports um or 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 you know is protesting is taking a knee or whatever i mean and I'm like, no, I'm not. What are you talking about? Or, or the complete opposite. Oh, this guy's a traitor to our country and he hates America because he stood next to Colin. I'm just like, what are you talking about? And uh, it's, just, it's just, we're so binary. It's kind of disgusting. And uh, I, I hope more than anything that we can get rid of that. You know, we can, we can move out of that. Because until that happens, we're, we're just not going to move forward in general. You know, as, as a nation, it's going to be really hard to, um, it's going to be really hard to, to get people that want to wear that police uniform, first of all, uh, that's got to happen. We've got to have the right people in that job. We've got to honor that um, that uh, that the difficulty in, in that job, right? But we also have to fix what's wrong, and we have to like weed out um, the weeds. <laughs> simple as that. And it's going to take time, and it's going to take a lot of people on board and hard work. It's just not as simple as like these broad strokes of like, oh, all the cops are bad, you know, because if, if there's a couple that are making a mistake and, you know, not all of them are um, against it, then they're, they're just all, they're all evil. And it's, it's dumb. It's broad strokes and generalizations and stereotypes are just, they've got to all go. Nate, what's the last time you talked to, to Cap? Oh, it's been a long time, man. Probably two years, something like that, two and a half years maybe. You know, I mean, he's got, you know, he's got a lot going on. He's got his own thing going and, you know, there's no bad blood or anything like that. We just... Definitely different paths for sure. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, solid dude. Cool. What did what did it mean for you to see all the protests against racial injustice uh, going on? You know, it wasn't in just one city. It was across so many cities and the diversity of the protests as well. What did that mean to see uh, this past week for you? It's been it's been pretty amazing. You know, I mean, I just look at like the aerial images in Philadelphia from I think that was yesterday. Um, Pretty amazing. You know, yeah, just it the, looked like a Super Bowl parade. It did, it, yeah, at least. Yeah, it was nuts. Um, so, no, that's been that's been really cool. That's been really, really, really cool, you know? I mean, I, I, I'm also always I'm always weary, though, too. And this is just me. I'm a pessimist in some ways, and I'm sorry, but that's just who I am. But I know there's a lot of people out there that feel like that are. it's the cool thing to do. 
as well, right? And there's a lot of people doing it out of obligation, you know. And it's just like, oh, now that you know, now they'll they'll say that they they've always stood for this and blah blah blah. And I'm like, I just don't buy it. Um, so for me, it's 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 I'm I'm proud of the people that have that have you know been sort of strong from the beginning and stood up and definitely um, stayed courageous throughout these last four years when they got ridiculed and vilified. Um, and, uh, you know, and now we're seeing that like shift in a big way. So I'm just like, I'm also cautious because I don't, <laughs> I don't want to see this thing completely shift into this, uh, you know, the flip narrative where it's like, you feel as a white person, um, you can't speak out on anything, you know what I mean? And you can't have freedom of expression as well. You know, I don't want to walk, I don't want to live in a world where anybody's got to walk around on eggshells all the time because we're worried about, you know, getting, uh, painted a certain way. And, uh, I know people of color have, have, have had to live that way for a long, long, long time. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be fair if white people had to experience that for a while, but that's not the point. Like, I, I, I just want to, to get to a place where, like, we're, we're, we're able to all freely express respectfully and, uh, you know, and support one another and just just make this place better, make it safer, Um you know, we need, we need, we need police officers, man. We need good ones. And we need a lot more of them to look like the people in those communities, the cops that are from those communities. Um, I mean, that's what, that's what I want to see, uh, more of I, that, that. There's no doubt that reform needs to happen big time, big time. I mean, we've seen countless videos of this, of this stuff and it's like, it's enough to, to make you sick, you know? And, uh, and, and we can't, we can't stand for it. We can't stand for it, but we can't just, you know, say F it and, uh, and expect it to just change, um, without us all being part of that process. Nate, last thing for you. Uh, do you feel that it is going to change? Cause we've had these dialogues before. I don't think it's been recent this much that the country has been on uh, uh, at this point, but uh, do you think six months, a year from now, we're going to start feeling that change? Uh, yeah, I think we're already, we already are, uh, but, but absolutely. No, I, I think absolutely. And it's like, uh, I, I would imagine after, uh, you know, slavery was abolished. Well, not, I would imagine, I know it's not like racism was abolished and it just, everything just ended and everything was just cool. Right. And then when you look at the civil rights movement and it's like, uh, you know, the, uh, segregation, you know, once that, Oh, sort of ended. It didn't mean everything. It doesn't mean everything's just all of a sudden equal now and fair. And it's like, well, you know, you, we got past that. See, like we, you're, you're, you're the same as us now. It's like, same with this situation. Like it's going to take time, but this is, this week has been huge. You know, it's a bit, it has been a dramatic shift in a lot of ways. And, uh, just to see the amount of support, you know, I think a lot of people thought that, you know, the black lives matter, uh, movement and, and just, I, I hate putting labels on this movement because I think it's just a, it's just an important thing for us to, to just have equality, to just strive for it anyway. Um, but to see how much support, how many people, um, you know, at least voicing and, uh, and then you see so many in the streets and, you know, I mean, I don't want to, I, I, I want to, uh, uh oh, oh. cut out there. You guys still we're back. Yeah, we're here. You can hear us. Cool. 
Yeah, it was weird. I got like feedback. From yeah. So um, before we let you go, uh, I know what I know. It was the last question, but I, it would be wrong if we didn't ask you what you're doing with merging vets and players. Um, you and Jay Glazer started this. A uh, lot of cool things going on. Tell us a little bit about the organization. Yeah. So we bring together combat vets and former professional athletes and help them find purpose and service uh, after the uniform comes off. You know, some of the the greatest leaders in our country, and, and uh, we're seeing that right now during this time, our, our, our pro athletes and, and people from the veteran community. And uh, it's, a, it's a common struggle through that transition back to civilian life, quote unquote, you know. And gr- granted, I would never compare war to playing a game, uh, but the locker rooms are the same, I can attest to that. And uh, you know, what we go through is the same in that brotherhood and, and uh, that identity with the uniform and structure and purpose, all that. So we help each other. Uh, we help each other grow. We help each other um, through those uh, through that struggle, and uh, but we empower each other. You know, build each other up, and and you know we're, we're going to open a chapter here in Dallas soon. Um, we've got one in Los Angeles. We've got it in Vegas, in Chicago, New York, uh, and Atlanta. And you know Seattle's on the horizon. Of course, we want to be in Houston. I mean, we want to be in every major sports city. And, uh, and then beyond that eventually as well. And, uh, we'll train in the gym for about half hour. And then after that, we'll, uh, we'll hang out and it's just peer to peer counseling, man. We just talk through stuff. It's an open forum. You know, there's a lot of cursing. <laughs> it's very much like a locker room. It's very yeah. raw and authentic, you know, it's as not, it should a, be. not anything corny. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you remember the, uh, physical test for becoming a green beret? Like the requirements? Yeah, of course. I mean, you do? okay. Uh, Drop yeah. it. I just want to see if, if David or I could pass those. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Drop you it. Be what tough, you, man. Yeah. What were they? What were like? Was it like a two oh, mile it's run? It's two years or? long. It's yeah. No. 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 <laughs> no. No. I'm talking about the a the two actual mile run. Yeah. You know, the physical test that you have to take to just, just for the be, army. Just for the army. What What is it? So just the army PT test is a two mile run. Two minutes of push-ups, two minutes of sit-ups. I think that's it. And you got to like hit time standards and number standards okay. for uh, for that. You can handle that, maybe. Uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> special forces training, man, it's another level, dude. It's like it's it's hard. And just to be in the infantry, uh, oh, yeah. it's very very hard. You know, I mean, the, the amount of miles you got to put on your back with heavy heavy rucksacks, and you got full kit, and you're carrying a weapon, and um, it's it's tough. You could do it. I mean, if you want to do it. Anybody's capable if you really want it. You just gotta yeah. be able to, you know, withstand and not quit and, and have that uh, that type of determination. I can't believe Raheel just dissed you here on our show, Nate. I apologize. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> nah, he didn't. Dude, the run. I think I could do the run, but not in boots. See, that's gonna be an issue. I'm 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 spoiled. I want the Nikes. Okay. Right there, you go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, they man, have Nike we, boots. They have they have Nike combat boots. That's no way. Nice. Yep. Comfortable. Nate, we appreciate your time, man. I know you've been super busy. Uh, thanks so much for making a few minutes for us, and we hope to catch up with you down the road, my friend. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you. There you go, Nate Boyer. Merging vets and players, and uh, real, very powerful. And, you know, it's funny, man. Like, like we, we typically talk sports, entertainment, pop culture. Um, you know, we, we mix in uh, the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- obviously, this is the, the most pressing topic in our country. And um, it's it's funny. I, I shouldn't do this during the show, but I'm, I'm reading some of the comments on the side uh, on the Facebook page and just 
how politicized and how people feel so strong either way and upset about the dialogue and upset about this and that. Look, we're, we are talking about what is happening out here. Um, and um, we have dear friends who have been impacted with, from this. And, you know, look, we're going to clown around a little bit on this show because that's what we've always done. Uh, but we're also going to try to talk about things that we think is important um, to to our base. So, um, you know, regardless okay. of where you stand, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm about empathy and seeing things through other people's eyes because I don't people don't know what it's been like to walk through my parents shoes and my shoes, um, you know, and, and certainly I don't know what it is to live in, in your shoes, Raheel. Yeah. And that's and that's the biggest thing is empathy. You have to empathize with your fellow man. OK, you need to go have talks with them to learn about their journey. Um, that's how you start overcoming some of these issues on a personal level. Right. If we as an individual can make the world a better place through communication, through empathy. Imagine if everyone did it right. And it's it, right. look, it's it's a very optimistic point of view. And that's how I am. You know, Nate said he's look by nature. He's a little bit more pessimistic. I'm more optimistic. And I, I truly believe that you start talking to one another. Go learn about one and the, uh, one another and see what your paths have been and start talking. Then you realize that, man, we are similar than different. And, yeah. you know, that's that's been one of the big things that I try to practice in my life. Um, the other thing this past week, you know, it was beautiful to see the NFL and Roger Goodell specifically make a statement and admit that they were wrong. Although they didn't say Colin Kaepernick's name, they didn't apologize to him. And look, there was lawsuits involved as well with that. Um, they did, you know, address that, hey, here's, we were wrong. And that is a sign of change. That is a good thing. When Drew Brees made his comments earlier in the week and the next day apologized, you know, I, my initial reaction was, oh, you, you know, why did you apologize? You should just double down on this if that's how you feel. But then one of my friends, um, I do a podcast called The Raheel Show. You can listen to that episode. It's Eric Layden. You know, he talked me through and he said, isn't the whole point of this in terms of on an individual level, we want to talk and change, right? We want to see that, okay, I was wrong and I admit I'm wrong. You can't destroy somebody for admitting that they were wrong. And I think that's also happening. And then, David, social media amplifies all of that. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Social media is beautiful. And terrible. It's both. Oh, like, absolutely. I mean, it is amazing how we can be so connected because of the World Wide Web, right? Mm -hmm. And the, the ability to social media. We can connect with anybody around the world. That part is beautiful. That connection also shows some of the, the nice sides and the and the, the, the terrible sides of people. Um, and uh, I don't know, man. I uh, It's just been an interesting time. 2020 has been a ridiculous year. I mean, just everything, you know, yeah. freaking hurricane season's here now. Like there's so many different things that are going on. And, you know, Orlando said he's going to boycott the NFL. And, you know, the pe people have their, this year has just been so, mm, I don't know. It's, um, you know, COVID-19 has got everybody at home and, you know, Texas is opening up, but there's so many different things going on and, and, and there's frustration out there. There's a lot of frustration out there. Yeah. And, and one of the things that we talked about, um, you know, off, off air, we didn't talk about it on the show yet, but, uh, one of the big things was as well that, man, with everyone at home, um, you know, the frustration level of the pandemic, of seeing what happened to George Floyd, you know, hit 
that stuff. Uh, and then to see the, the, the reaction from Minneapolis, you're like, come on. The frustration just boiled up, and, and, and this, is, you know, this is what happens. And uh, you know, hopefully we do change from all this. That's the biggest thing is can we change? And I, I'm excited to see that change. All right, so uh, I'm, he's, he's a little early, which I'm not used to uh, NFL players. show. Actually, NFL players do show up early. I know how that is. But uh, our good buddy, now with the Denver Broncos, Christian Covington joining us here on the show. What's up, Christian? What's good with y'all? How y'all doing? Hey, man. Doing all right, man. So, uh, look, a couple things. We got some some real business to get into, but uh, we've been on on the stream for the last half hour, and it's 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 been very powerful seeing some of the messages on on Facebook and seeing how people are reacting. So I, we kind of want to break the ice a little bit, Christian, and have some fun to start, and then we're gonna get into some news. Are you cool with that? That's fine with me. Okay, so we do a thing called the same five questions. We ask every guest the same five questions. All right. So we'll start it up. Number one. Uh, number one. What is one song you wish everybody would listen to at least once in their life? Uh, Return of the Mac, Mark Morrison. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. That's good. Christian, can you really? hit the opening? Can you hit the opening note for me? But I tried to tap. I don't even know. That song, you gotta look it up. That's all I know. Like that's, okay. that's, that's the song that's gonna be playing at my wedding. Nice. There you go. What's one thing that you always have to have in your fridge? Oh, milk. What kind of milk? Oh, skim. Skim milk. Yo. Yo, have you yeah. tried Mootopia from HEB? Oh. Oh. Oh, Mootopia is that the, is the uh, truth. They got, that chocolate, they got that chocolate milk too, huh? Yeah. yeah. Protein. Uh, Lactose-free, protein, more protein, all right? Yeah. No, I do the, uh, what's it called? I do, yeah, I do some type. Of, I do like that Fairlife uh, protein okay. milk. Yeah, Fairlife? So yeah. With That's the extra omegas, yeah. Oh yeah, gotta have that. Gotta have the extra yeah. omegas. Gotta have the extra calcium, that extra protein, and have the sugar. Why not? Uh, there you go. What's one place you want to visit that you haven't yet? Uh, Israel. Okay. Yeah, I want to go. Have you, are you planning one out? Hopefully, a uh, trip there. Hopefully, um, you know, yeah. Hopefully, in the next few years, I want to do a, like a little, you know, pilgrimage uh, with my family to, uh, you know, walk where Jesus walked. Okay. Who's one person alive that you want to meet and have coffee with? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, we only ask the hard questions here. Shoot, that's a hard one. <laughs> Let's go. With, uh, shoot, oh, that is that is mind boggling. Hey, I'm gonna go. Shoot, I'm gonna go with Jordan Peele. Okay. Jordan Peele, nice. Yeah. First yeah, one for see, Jordan Peele. I, I love to. I love to like. I love to tap in and see. You know his creative process with how he just comes up with the all uh, his just like all of his genius work. Honestly. All right, last one. What's one app that you want to delete from your phone, but you just can't? Twitter. What's yeah. your Twitter experience like as a pro athlete? Hit and miss. <laughs> um, I mean, I really have it just because of the fact that it's, you know, it's a platform that I'm able to reach out on and, you know, have being an athlete. Uh, but with that being said, it's just much like the world it can get real toxic really real fast so it's just one of those things that i know it's actually i already i've had this discussion with family because you know had to delete the facebook obviously that was like years ago and then once yeah once my playing days are over that's like honestly going to be like the first app to go because i'm just like after that i'm just like i'm yeah i'm good <laughs> man it's been a um it's been an interesting year without you in the Texans locker room because i have two guys that i go to all the time to talk superheroes with right i got you and yeah. wit <laughs> 
we didn't get to talk about the Joker. We didn't get to talk about anything, man. So anything. Uh, anything. So, are you excited about any movies that are maybe going to come out next year? Because everything's been put on delay. Man, I've been praying, man. I really have been. I really, you know, some things have been opening up. Uh, you know, normalcy is coming back to uh, somewhat. Um, but I, yeah, that when I'm not gonna lie, when the MCU pushed back the, you know, phase four, my heart broke a little <laughs> bit. Um, it really, it really did, but I'm really looking forward to, I, I can't wait to see Black Widow. Cause obviously that's going to be the next step to see what Marvel has in store for us. Um, I, I think the news, I, I don't know if the news is a hundred, I think it's been confirmed, but like the news that, uh, Henry, uh, Henry Cavill, uh, returning as Superman, I feel yep. like that, that needed to be announced years ago, obviously like. That, that that whole beef between the studio and him needed to end a long time ago because in my in my mind that guy that guy is the epitome of what Superman is, uh, and he should be like the guy leading like you know the resurrection of what DC is. Um, but I mean, uh, other than that, yeah. Um, oh no, there's a lot of stuff coming up, and I'm really you know me, I'm a Marvel guy, so everything Marvel I think is gonna be you know amazing to see like how they head in this new direction, you know, post uh, Robert Downey Jr. So we'll see yeah. how that goes. But the funny thing is, all three of us here, we all believe that the Dark Knight trilogy is the greatest trilogy ever. And uh, I don't know about you, but I know for David and I that the Dark Knight is a top three movie of all time. I Absolutely. actually went back. I went back and rewatched it last weekend because I saw I saw the Dark Knight walking in the Pittsburgh protest. I don't know if you guys saw that yeah. clip on the social, oh, yeah. uh, on social seeing, media. I've been, a lot of, I've been seeing a lot of Batmans out there. Dude, and then Spider-Man was in Brooklyn on the Brooklyn Bridge. Spider-Man is hanging there. Like it's just been fascinating to watch. But I went, I went back and watched The Dark Knight. Man, that movie—you have to like pause every ten minutes and just digest how good it is. Yeah. And there's so many great quotes, and the writing is so perfect. It's it's phenomenal to go back and rewatch. And I've watched yeah, it probably a hundred times. Yeah, that's Christopher Nolan for you, man. I, I yep. love I love all of his work, and with what he did with that trilogy. Uh, there's a reason why it's like it's one of my it's my favorite trilogy, trilogy of all time, uh, and it's another reason why it's like you know now I can't really I can't wait for to go see Tenant now whenever that whenever that comes out because that one looks just mind boggling. <laughs> we, if we if we if everybody was still, if, if if everybody is still confused about whatever Inception was about, oh yeah, you're not ready for this next movie. <laughs> hey, uh, one last little superhero tidbit before we get into some of the stuff going on in the world. Uh, I actually think, and I'm. The only person maybe in the world. Batman Begins is my favorite of the three. Uh, I, I really? love Whoa. I love The Dark Knight. Really? Okay. But like, you know, Batman having to take the fall for Harvey Dent is always kind of like, why, dude? Just like, just put him in jail. He's the bad guy. The, the city will get over it. Trust me. You don't, you know, but I love the origin story. And that's why I, I, I like, but they're all, but even uh, The Dark Knight Rises, which has some plot holes. Still great. Yes. All three. Oh, still great. Oh, still yeah. great. Love Tom, love Tom Hardy with what he did. So, uh, Christian, let's, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the world, man. I uh, I told Nate Boyer earlier, I almost feel a, a little encouraged that the dialogues are happening. I, how do you feel we've gone in the last 13, 14 days to where we are now? And do, do, do you see progress? I see progress. I really do. I see I see us talking about it more. I see us actually, you know, a lot of people opening up and listening to what's going on in the world listening to experiences that, you know, men and women of color have had to go through that maybe they haven't had to go through. Um, I'm seeing, you know, I mean, the, I'm just seeing, I'm so encouraged by the fact that you're seeing this occurring uh, throughout the world. 
not just here in the United States, but you know, uh, my best, I have a, my, one of my best friends is in Germany and she was just at a March yesterday in Berlin. Uh, a couple of my other friends are overseas and they're like taking part in marches. Um, and just to see that, see that unity, that it's not a black and white issue to see that it's a human rights issue with regards to, you know, everybody versus racism, everybody against hate, everybody against oppression, systemic oppression, you know, that's a, that's a beautiful thing to witness, honestly. When you were at the protest, what was the feeling like in terms of your emotions when you got there, when the, you know, the march actually started, you started looking at the crowd, what was that like for you? Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I went to the one, I went to the memorial, sir, uh, the, um, the protest service with regards to uh, Breonna Taylor. So that was, uh, yeah, this past Friday. And to, the one word I have to say is uh, unity, just because it didn't, it didn't matter, you know, the, 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 the diversity of the people that were just in attendance, the back, the didn't matter the ethnicity, didn't matter your race, didn't matter your color, the color of your skin, uh, to see everybody out there as a unified, as one unified body was uh, breathtaking to be able to witness that and to see that many people come together for all in the name of change, all in the name of condemning, you know, evil, racism and hate. And really that's what, you know, we're living in a, we're living in a time right now where, you know, that just needs to be happening a lot sooner than later. That needs to be happening right, right now. The voices need to be heard and uh, stories need to be listened to and change needs to happen. Kristen, I know you're a man of faith and, um, you, we were joking earlier about social media, but you really like to put positivity when you're tweeting about this topic or anything, really. Just just talk about the mindset of having more of a positive outlook, especially when dealing with this with this situation America's in. Yeah, no, with no, with me, I just personally, I take it. I have to take everything biblically. I have to take everything scripturally. And, uh, you know, with a subject matter such as this, this is a perfect example for, you know, people. And, and again. It doesn't matter your faith. It doesn't matter your uh, back, your background with how you were brought up. I'm just I'm speaking up out of the heart with how I was raised. Um, you know, it's just uh, it's a time where you truly see who is, uh, you know, it's it, this right now is a time where you truly see the the true colors of people uh, out in this world, and you and you truly see if uh, those who are talking the talk are truly walking the walk. And for, you know, me as a Christian, you know, I'm just going to look, I'm, I always just look in the New Testament. I look at what Jesus talked about, you know, really the summary, the summary of the law of the old laws, the summary of the Bible can be said with these two, with the two laws that, you know, Jesus talked about, you know, first law being, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. Um, and the second law, equally as powerful as love thy neighbor as thyself. He said, like, Jesus said, like, that sums up everything. That sums up the, the laws of old. And I'm just like, to me. How can you not, how can you not just, you know, love your brother, love your sister right next to you? How can you not just understand, you know, that there's hurting going on in this world, that there's truly evil people out there. There's tr there are truly people that, you know, want to do nothing but, you know, the wrong things in life. And how could you, you know, as a person of faith or as, you know, as a decent human being, how could your heart not reach out to that person? How can your, um, how can you not sympathize with that person or try to, or begin to even try? to understand how that what that person is going through and what they've gone through maybe try to listen to you know maybe what is so different about their life and their experiences that maybe will have me change my heart and have me change my perspective in life and how I walk about uh in the future so that's that's how I look at it man especially with something like this it's um 
this ain't this this is a this is a, a this is a good versus evil thing right now. This is a everybody versus hate, everybody versus racism, everybody versus oppression. I'm gonna keep saying that because uh, we're all in this together. All people of color, uh, white people, you know, I'm my, myself included. You know, I'm I mix myself. You know, my dad's black, my mom's white. Uh, my mom, my mom is right there, you know, with my dad, with the fight against everything, because she's seen it firsthand as well. Uh, so I know it's it's amazing to see. I'm gonna throw that word unity around again because it's amazing to truly see this many people of different backgrounds and ethnicities coming together because we're all in this together. If you have a friend who happens to be a person of color, this is my, as just or if you if you have friends uh, of of, pe of people of color, different backgrounds, ethnicities, religions, races, and who you consider friends, you consider family. This is just as much of your. Uh, this is just as much your fight as it deserves. It's so funny that we forget that simple lesson of love everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, try. And we were talking before you joined us to empathize with other people, right? Yes. And and I've said this before on on my podcast that you know why does this mean so much to me? It's because it's not fair that other people don't have the opportunities that I was afforded, right? Yes. And me being an immigrant to this country. I want that for everybody here. You know, it's not fair. And that's why this is so important. And it's why I, I try to love everyone and put that uh, energy out there. But it's so funny that we forget that sometimes that simple lesson that we learn as kids. Like I'm teaching that to my daughter, David, you're teaching that to your kids. It's just love everyone. You know, exactly. It's that we're simple. all in this. We're all in this together. It's, that, it's truly that simple. And as, as you, as you kind of pointed out right there, it's like, if you had, People always forget, when speaking, speaking biblically, everybody wants to always talk about, you know, having the faith the size of a mustard seed. But really, having that childlike faith is something something else, honestly. Because Jesus always refers to the kids, and Jesus always refers to the children as they have the, the greatest faith with everything around them during his time than even the wisest of the wisest of, of men and women during that time. So, it's just, I mean, you can apply to that today. It's like, no one is born racist. No one is born with hate in their heart. It is taught. It is brought up in the homes. It is brought up in the in the in the culture. It is brought up in the communities, and to me, that's just like the simplest. That that it starts. It starts right there. It starts with what you learn at home, who you hang around with, who you associate with, and you know that I mean the oh the phrase of you know birds of a feather, of a feather flock together. That goes with that. It goes hand in hand with that. It's just so we. It, it's, this is a good start with everything going on, but it's got to we got to change hearts. We got to change the mindset of a lot of people and a lot of, uh, and a lot of communities. Christian, um, kind of switching gears a little bit. Um, COVID-19 is still obviously huge, um, mm -hmm. people, but Texas has, has gotten almost back to normal. I don't know if back to normal is the right word, but the new normal, mm -hmm. uh, how confident and how optimistic are you for this upcoming NFL season? Uh, I'm confident, honestly. Um, as you just said, it's a new normal that we're going to have to get used to. Uh, things are starting to open up. Uh, but with that being said, uh, you know, my family and I, we still haven't really gone to restaurants like that. You know, we're still supporting local businesses. We're still, you know, having, you know, meals taken out. We're still doing home cooked meals, but we're still trying to help out as much as we can. But it's, as you said, it's, it's going to be an adjustment period to this new normal. And uh, that's going to, that's definitely what's going to happen with this football, uh, with this football, upcoming football season. Uh, we don't know the full details of everything going on, but I have confidence that something will be given in the near future, that some type of uh, plan will be put in place as to what the season will potentially look like. If we have no fans in the stands, so be it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's um, I feel like 
I feel like a majority of people need sports in their lives right now. I feel like a majority of people uh, would rather have, you know, sports here with zero fans than no, than no sports at all. So if we could just do it with the right, you know, to right, taking the right precautions, making sure, you know, pl uh, players, teams, uh, staff, personnel gets tested, um, you know, w with the amount that, you know, whatever the regulation is going to be required with regards to moving forward. Um, you know, I don't see why it's not possible, man. I'm, I, I have all the faith in the world and I hope it can because I know, hey, just as much as the fans and people want to see football again, so do the players. Now, how many Zoom meetings are you on with the team every single day? Ooh, a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot. A lot. Your, uh, your battery yeah, must be drained. Yeah, man. This, um, the screen fatigue is real. And that just that doesn't just apply to us. It applies to all. It, it applies to just everybody, man. Um, we're just, it's crazy how you take away, you know, you, you take away, you know, being able to, you know, go outside and hang out with people and go to restaurants and uh, go to the movie theater. And it's just like, it's so crazy how you take that away and you truly just see how, you know, blessed we all are with, uh, you know, being able to unplug ourselves from the virtual world and being able to unplug ourselves from social media. Um, because I feel like now more than ever, it's, uh, this is a time where, I mean, you're seeing it right now. There's frustration. There's a lot of frustration in the world right now. There's a lot of frustration with everything going on. And, um, I don't know. I think that, I think a lot of people reach their breaking point, but I mean, obviously we still want to do the right things to be able to stay safe and uh, keep up with the guidelines to make sure that, you know, we flatten this curve and continue to do so. Chris, in the last couple of years, I've met up with you at the Southwest indoor soccer center. Um, uh, I, I know that you have, uh, uh a lot of, philanthropy that you're involved in um sunshine kids you've been involved with in the past as well just just talk a little bit about that and and how you've always been a guy no matter when you're a rookie or a player at rice you've always loved to give back mm, no my parents said it best is when you've been blessed you have to be a blessing to others and uh no it kind of it hurt it hurt my heart to not be able to do you know my football camp this year with sunshine kids uh you know instead we were able to do like a little virtual you know uh zoom bingo night uh, so that was great to be able to hang out and, you know, see the kids and see some good friends over there with Sunshine Kids. But, uh, you know, that's just uh, that's who I am, man. It's who it's who we have to it's who us players have to be. You know, we are given, um, you know, obviously we've earned we've earned the right to be where we are. But at the same time, uh, it is a blessing to be in my position. It is a blessing to play in the NFL. And with that being said we have to be a blessing unto others. And that if that means giving of our time, giving of our money, giving, uh, giving of donations, giving of love, giving of support, whatever the case may be, it's a must as a, you know, as an athlete, as a person, you know, with a platform and doesn't matter, doesn't matter just because I'm an athlete. It can be athletes. It could be uh, businessmen. Uh, it could be doctors, lawyers, nurses, um, everybody who fits and has a platform to be able to serve, you know, that's what they're doing. And uh, they're doing it to the best of their abilities, you know, for themselves, for their families and for their communities as well. That's beautiful, man. That's that. That's again, that's the energy we need in this world, man. And that's mm -hmm. good to hear for you. Your workouts going OK uh, under the circumstances that we're in. Yeah, uh, a couple in the beginning. It was a lot of a couple home home workouts here and there. But uh, no, my my training has actually been I've been blessed to be able to uh, keep up this entire time. So I've been, uh, you know, my, my, my trainer, he really likes to do a lot of one on one work. And, uh, you know, the social distancing has been a huge part of it as well. So um, when he 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 technically qualified as like an essential service because of the fact that he is a rehab he owns a rehab facility. Uh, so uh, to be able to get, you know, continue on with that training, I'm blessed to be able to say I haven't really I haven't skipped a beat. So I'm going to be ready for this. I'm going to be ready for this upcoming season.
Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No quarantine 15 for you. No. No, I've lost weight. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Christian, I got to tell you, man, we missed you here in Houston. You've always been great to deal with. Uh, I love your heart. I love your passion. And uh, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with me, man. No, nah, man. Thank you. The pleasure's all mine. Good to see you, brother. Good seeing you, guys. Right, we'll talk man, to you soon. Thanks, man. All right. Christian Covington, man. You cut him off. He was saying bye. I know. My bad. I was quick <laughs> on the trigger there. My fault. <laughs> oh, I love that dude. He's uh, it, It's funny, like, there's certain guys you know you can just talk with and certain guys that you know hey you need an appointment you know like it's just how it is um and, and with covington or christian he was always so easy to talk to i mean we would literally talk like wit cove um sometimes bernardrick mckinney just talking just talking superheroes the mandalorian last year was a topic like it just uh it's just good conversations to get to know people away from just the x's and o's um and uh, he's always been so great to deal with but it's you know we're here we, we don't usually do these like serious type shows um but you know, this is this is our this is where our country is right now, right? This, yeah. and, and that's why we're having discussions about what's going on. Absolutely, we got to have discussions. We have to talk. We have to learn from each other. We have to understand each other's journey. Um, and if if those of you that are still listening or watching, you know, if you want, I talked to a, a UFC fighter, a former UFC fighter from the city of Houston, Juan Adams. Uh, he's a professional MMA fighter. He's fighting with another organization now. But uh, he wrote this beautiful letter about, you know, racial injustice and the three ways that he thinks that we can eventually get to a point of change. And just talking to him, understanding, you know, his point of view, uh, being, a, being a black man in America today. And uh, it was a beautiful conversation. So we need more of those. We need more conversation. We need to listen a little bit more as well. And then, again, as I said, on a personal level, go talk to everyone, you know, Go, go learn about other people. Go learn about their journey. And you can start impacting the world as well. Yeah, just too much anger in this world, man, and too, too much anger in, in social media and everywhere. And, um, like, this it doesn't have to be a politicized thing. This is just yeah. a conversation trying to hear uh, people's points of view. Um, you know, my parents immigrated to this country as well, and, and they, they had a difficult time. And nobody, like... You can't live somebody else's shoes. You can't live in their shoes, right? So yeah. take the time to listen to what people uh, is on in their heart and what they're talking about. Yeah. Uh, any sports things we want to get in? I, I know we got like a, a minute or two left. Uh, Conor McGregor retiring that kind of caught me off guard. Yeah, same here. After uh, the UFC last night, he announced that he's he's done, and he had an interview with Ariel Hawani of ESPN, and he said he's just he's just tired of the fight game. Like it doesn't excite him anymore. And maybe this is a ploy. Maybe this is a way to get more money, whether it be with the UFC or another super fight in the boxing world. We're not sure because John Jones as well, um, you know, he he's done with the UFC because he didn't get enough money. But maybe that's a ploy to get, you know, it's just negotiations to get more money. But, hey man, you know, say what you want about Conor as a fighter and what happened with Khabib. But that dude brought excitement to the UFC and just made the fight bigger than a fight. It was a spectacle. And that's what you want. That's what you and want. He honestly. It up, man. Yeah. He the, it up. the Aldo knockout was, that was the, that was the pivotal moment for me where it went from where UFC fans knew about him and they knew about his antics and all that to the mainstream. Like that's where it transitioned. Just a couple months ago. The fight with Cowboy. I mean, how long did that last? 35 seconds? A minute? Yep. I don't even know how long it lasted. I mean, and Cowboy, 
one of the most decorated UFC fighters of all time. I don't follow it the way you do, but I love uh, I love Connor documentaries. I watch Connor mm-hmm. stuff on YouTube. Uh, he's very polarizing. There's things about him that disgust me, and there's things that I love about him. But he's somebody you have to watch. Yeah, uh, it's, it's uh, you know I, I wish he had a little bit more in him. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, one last thing. You, you know, you hit on this all week long. Baseball, by the way. I don't think we're getting a season. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, man. We're already past the July 4th deadline because it's going to take a month to ramp things up. So they're not coming back July 4th. Are you going to come back in August and then take the – you can't take the season in to October, uh, November past what you normally do with the World Series because it gets too cold. And even if you're at remote sites, like how is that going to work out that late? Because then you're starting to gear up for other things like the NFL, college football. Right. Now, I, this is what you do. I got two thoughts. First thing you do, you just replay the World Series from 2019. And, and, and this time, we, the Astros take the trophy. That's the first thing you do. Uh, the second thing is, like, what's going to happen to Mookie Betts? <laughs> okay. What's going to happen with that deal? And Springer, right? But Springer's played and won a championship in Houston. Yep. Mookie gets traded for, I believe, a huge deal. May never play a game with the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. And they, what happens to them? It's You're right, like, and then the suspensions too. By the way, like right? AJ Hinch, he can come back next year if there's no season. It still counts as your suspension. It's just, uh, and I'm look. I, I the one best the the only part that has been okay about COVID is it, it silenced the the cheating talk. But do, does that just pick up with the same steam once they start playing again? No, it won't because there's no fans. There's going to be limited fans, right? If there are any fans, if they decide to play at a remote site, who's going to be talking trash to them? Nobody. Well, not during the game, but social media is going to – I mean, that's that's all yeah. Dodger and Yankee fans do is talk about the Astros. Yeah, that's all they do. So all, all the players have to do is just not get on Twitter and not check their comments, right? And they're good. Like you're not going to hear any feedback. No, no. It's uh, – look – I, I said this yesterday. We have a show, a nine o'clock show, and the the thing that I fear if you're Major League Baseball, look, Major League Baseball has had a pretty good few years, right? But I'm not saying the MLS is going to catch them because the MLS is is far from catching Major League Baseball. But the NBA uh, and MLB in years have gone back and forth, like which is really the second. I mean, a work stoppage for whatever reason, and maybe it's you know a good reason, maybe it's not. It's going to hurt. The league, just like I heard him in 94. Um, and there's no Sammy and Maguire coming out to save you this time, right? Um, by the way, which is the uh, 30 for 30 tonight? Is it Bruce Lee tonight? Tonight is, yeah. Um, what is it? Uh, what's the title? Like Water? Something like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, I'm going to watch yeah, that. That's the new I, You know, I still haven't watched the Lance Armstrong one. I have it recorded, ready to go. Uh, but I just haven't, I haven't had the interest to watch it because I was so... I was on such a high from the last dance. I was like, there's no other documentary that's ever going to live, live up to this. So I need well, to, I need to catch up. That's the problem. So I watched, I'd say 85% of um, the, that documentary, the Lance Armstrong documentary. It's pretty good. It's yeah, really, it it's looks really great. Good, right. Seems like a great guy, by the way, <laughs> really good. But after watching the last dance, nothing is good. Right. Nothing. Like, like here's the bar and here is, you know, like, and, I wish they, I, it's not that I wish they would have reversed it, but had they reversed the order, each one would have oh, been like, oh, that was great. Oh, now we got Bruce Lee. Now we got Sammy and McGuire and then the Bulls, you know, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, hey, so I got a TV thing to get ready for Raheel. You know, we, uh, we've gone almost an hour, uh, a, a really good conversation, probably made some new fans, probably lost some fans uh, doing it. Fans, 
friends. How about friends? Because we don't really have fans. Uh, but it, it's it's been a you know it's it's been an experience. Absolutely. And if you guys want to hear the audio side of this, if you want to share it with your friends, please do share it on Facebook, on YouTube, wherever you're watching. Uh, but you can also find the audio side on your podcast app. Just look for The Raheel Show, and uh, I'll put it up here in the next hour or so. So if you want to share this with people, please feel free to. But uh, that was fun to talk to Nate and Christian on a Sunday. That was nice. That was nice, man. Well, good job. Uh, listen to Raheel's podcast. Uh, watch me on 13 and uh, fight the power. Have fun. Be safe. And uh, let's just let's just get on the same page, everybody. 